Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Pie catcher. A series of true stories of the unceasing search for enemy spies in water. Based on the memoirs of Lieutenant Colonel Arrested Pinto of the Allied Counterintelligence Service. This week's story is entitled The Infernal Triangle. The part of Colonel Pinto is played by Bernard Archer. In May 1945, the war in Europe had just ended, but the hunt for spies was still on. My intelligence headquarters was now in the wing of a large prison near The Hague, called as a joke, the Hotel Orange. In the first uneasy weeks of peace, hundreds of complaints and denunciations and anonymous letters arrived at my headquarters. Among them, a single sheet of paper with a message in pencil, in block capitals, and unsigned. It was in Dutch, and translated, it read, Mrs. Sanders is a Hun lover and a spy. It is your duty to investigate her. Death to traitors. There was nothing remarkable about the paper. It was from a cheap scribbling pad and had no watermark. The writing, although in block capitals, was that of an educated person and had a flowing style. The full stops were very distinct. I dislike anonymous letters, but as the writer said, it was my duty to investigate. Sanders is a very common Dutch name, and it took me several hours to list all the married women in the district who bore the name, and several days to whittle the list down to one possible name. When I had done this, I decided that I should first call on the mayor. Good morning, Colonel. Good morning, Mayor. Oh, please sit down. Uh. Now, what can I do for you? Well, I'd like you to read this note, sir. Hmm? Oh, thank you. Uh, what do you think of it? Must you investigate this, Colonel? Yes, I think so. What's your opinion? I don't know. It's a very delicate problem. I just don't know what to advise. You know this woman? Yes. But it's the husband, Ernst Sanders, that I'm thinking about. He's the hero of our resistance, and he's just returned to us. Tortured, broken, and in ill health. That's what the Germans did to us. He returned to us only a month ago, very ill. We had to find special food for him. You see, he did so much for us. We even raised a special fund for him, because he hasn't any money now. And his wife? His wife? Oh, I expect you want this back. Oh, thank you. Colonel. I'd like to impress this on you. She's been wonderful. She's devoted herself to him. She's nursed him carefully, and she's bringing him back to life. We're all very grateful to her. Then why should anyone write this? I don't know. But there's always someone who's jealous of a hero. Jealous of him or of her? Again, I, I don't know. You know what's happening here. 
There are jealousies. There are old scores to be settled. What did her husband do for the resistance? Uh, before the war, Ernst Sanders was a master printer. You wouldn't think so now, but before the war, his printing shop was the best in our town. He was a craftsman, you understand? When the Germans came, they took over his printing shop, and it was there that they printed their important orders and highly confidential papers. They needed his skill, but they put guards on his printing shop, and none of the workmen could learn very much, except Ernst. He was able to learn about the new orders the Germans were preparing, and he passed his information to us. Now, this was very useful, and it saved many lives. Was he betrayed? We never found out. Uh, were any other members of the resistance arrested about the same time? Yes, but there was always some arrest. The Germans were very active here. Were any Germans billeted in the Sanders' home? Yes, but they were billeted in many of our homes. Mrs. Sanders would have had no say in that. Were they billeted there after he'd been arrested? Yes. But also before he was arrested. So he Who was billeted there at the time of Sanders' arrest? Hmm? Oh, I can tell you that. Um, we are making a record of all Germans who were billeted on civilians for compensation and for war crimes. Um, ah, yes, I have it here. A major Hauptmann. Any complaints against him? No. How long was he billeted there? Um, let's see. He was there in September. Ernst Sanders was arrested in November. That's two months. And how long was he there after the arrest? Mm. Almost a year. Until the Germans retreated in the next winter. Hmm. I think I will see her. Are you quite sure? Do you think this scandalous letter is worth investigating? I assure you it can only do harm. Well, that's a risk that I'm afraid we'll have to take. You'll let me know what happened? Yes. Well, thank you, sir. And I'll let you know. Uh, Mrs. Saunders? Yes? Well, good morning. I'm Colonel Pinter. I'm in charge of security, and I'm making some inquiries in this district. I'd like to talk to you. Uh, do you mind if I come in? Please, come in. Will you come upstairs? Oh, thank you. Is it about my husband? Yes. Is he at home? No. Oh, perhaps I can see him later. But I would like to speak to you. Do sit down. I was just having some coffee. Would you like some? No, that's very kind of you. I'm afraid it's very bad, but that's all we have. It um, hasn't been easy for you since the war. It hasn't been easy for anyone. Thank you. Is there some important reason for your visit? Yes, Mrs. Sanders, there is. Do you mind if we talk about it now? No. I'd like you to read this note. Have you anything to say about that? Colonel, it is your job to question people. Yes. You usually get the truth. In the end. Yes. In the end, I usually get the truth. Then there's not much sense in telling lies to you. This letter is quite true. That you're a hun lover and a traitor. No, no, not that. But what the letter means is true. Well, what does it mean? It means that in the war, I... Can I please tell you the story from the beginning? Well, since you're going to tell me the truth, Mrs. Sanders, can we come quickly to the point? What part did you play in your husband's arrest? None. It was not like that. That's not what it means. I love my husband. Oh, will you tell me about his arrest? Yes, yes, I will tell you. 
It was because he was arrested. There was a German officer billeted here. Yes. Was he responsible for your husband's arrest? No. What was his name? Major Hudson. Well, tell me about the arrest. Please, can I tell you my story? Yes, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Please do. Major Hartman was billeted here because he was ill. He'd been on the Eastern Front where he'd been wounded, and he was sent here to get well. He was attending hospital, he was given special rations, and he was given our best room. When he was here, for a while, he tried to make friends. He tried to make little gifts, you understand, real coffee and chocolate and things we hadn't seen for years. I wouldn't take them, and I asked that he should keep to his room. But Ernst, my husband, said that I should take them. Ernst was working in the resistance, and he didn't want this German to report us as being unfriendly. You see, Ernst was working all the time with German guards over him, and he said it would make it difficult for him. Yes, I understand. And um, did this pretense of being friendly help? He thought it did. He was a very quiet young man, and he was very grateful if Ernst would sometimes have a meal with him in his room and share his special food, and, and if we talked with him in the evening. My husband thought it helped him being friendly to a German officer. He was at the SS. But this friendship didn't prevent your husband from being arrested? No. But Major Hartman tried to help my husband. How long was it after this Major came that your husband was arrested? Only two months. And did the little gifts of coffee and chocolate continue? Yes. Was this Major Hartman present when your husband was arrested? No, he was out that evening. He came back very late and came to this room. He'd heard what had happened and said he was sorry and also that he'd been to the prison to see Ernst and would do his best for him. What could he do for him? He asked me if Ernst was in the resistance. I, I said no. He said if he was arrested only on suspicion, he could speak to him. Being an officer of the SS, he could say that he lived here, that he'd been friendly with us, and, and that he'd never heard us speak against the Reich. But he'd lived here only two months. I was grateful for anything that could be done to save my husband. So your husband's idea of pretending to be friendly was right? Yes. And what happened? Next day, he, he went to the prison again. And when he came back, he said it was very serious. He said there was proof that my husband was in the resistance and had been passing secret information. He said Ernst was an enemy of the Reich and if convicted, he would die, and that there was still something he could do to help. Why was he so anxious to help an enemy of the Reich? Did he like your husband, or did he like living here? He liked living here. Next day, he came here and told me that my husband was to be tried. He said there was no hope of him being released and great danger that he would be shot. He said that if I wished it, he would speak for Ernst and might save his life. And in return for doing this? He would continue to stay here. As your lover? Yes. What did you say to that? I said it was impossible. I couldn't do it. He said that my husband might be shot tomorrow, perhaps the next day. I said, if I agreed, what proof could I have that they didn't shoot him? And what proof did he offer? He said that he could show me a copy of the verdict of the court. I said, how would I know that they wouldn't shoot him some other time? How would I know my husband was alive? What did he say? He said that he could arrange for him to write to me from prison. Did your husband write to you from prison? Yes. How long did Major Huffman stay here with you? A year. He left when the British came, and he said he was going to Germany. What's your feeling about it now? My husband is alive. He's come back to me. I mean, 
about this German major? He could have made it difficult, but he didn't. He was very, very kind. Hmm. What happened when your husband returned? I was so pleased to see him. It didn't matter what had happened to me, just what had happened to him. They tortured him. He was very ill. Well, the people have been very good to him since he came home. Yes, he's a hero. <laughs> the whole town is proud of him. I'm told they gave very generously to a, a fund for his recovery. Yes, but I felt badly about taking the money. You see, when he returned, he'd lost his memory. He was like a child. He couldn't do anything for himself, and I had to look after him. After his prison camp had been liberated, he'd wandered for weeks in Germany. Round his waist, he had money, a lot of money. First, he couldn't remember where he got it. Then he remembered that he'd found a German convoy that had been bombed by the RAF. He was starving, and he thought that there'd be food in the truck. Searched them with no food, just money to pay the soldiers. He was starving, and there was nothing but money, Dutch money. He took thousands of the gilded notes and tied them in bundles round his waist to make him rich so that he'd never starve again. And he forgot about them and was still carrying them when he came home. Well, don't worry about the money. If I'd been in the prison camp, I think I'd make them pay for it, too. Now, about Major Huffman. As far as I'm concerned, oh, it's my husband. But please, be careful what you say. Uh, may I introduce myself, Mr. Saunders? I'm Pinto, Colonel Pinto. I belong to the Dutch Counterintelligence Mission stationed here. I've been making some routine inquiries in the district, and your wife very kindly offered me a cup of coffee. What is it you want to know? I'm acting on instructions from Berlin, from our intelligence headquarters there. It seems that they've arrested a number of high-ranking SS officers who may later be tried as war criminals. Some of them were once stationed in this district, and I've been asked to make inquiries. Why do you come here? Well, it's just part of a general check. We want to know how they behave, if there are any complaints against them. You printed the German orders, and you may know their names. I don't remember names. Uh, one is a Colonel von Buchwald. The other is called Hussmann, Major Hussmann. Von Buchwald? Well, it seems nothing to me. I've heard so many German names, I can't remember them. Hussmann? Major Hussmann? Your wife was telling me that a Major Hussmann was billeted here. Yes? And was concerned in your arrest. Was he? And if this is the same person as the officer concerned in your arrest, do you wish to make any charges against him? Or any complaints about his behavior while he was billeted here? Would that mean being a witness at a trial? Possibly. Going to Germany? Yes. I won't go back to Germany again, ever. Have you seen this? You tortured him. May I see? He lighted cigarettes on the backs of my hands to make me talk. Then you have charges to make. Hauptmann didn't do that. I have nothing against Hartman. Was he concerned in your arrest? He spoke for me at my trial. He stopped from shooting me for what that was worth. You have no complaints? I have complaints against all Germans. I would talk them into the pit for what they did to me. Well, I'm home now. And I'm paid from Yes, I understand. And I'm sorry if I distressed you, but I'd be grateful if you would call at my office and make a statement. A simple statement that I can pass to Berlin. We have to send them, even if there's no complaint. Uh, I'm at the Hotel Orange. Good afternoon. Thank you. When I returned to my office, I was already determined to know the real truth behind the anonymous letter. 
So while I was waiting Sandra's arrival, I decided to follow another line of inquiry. Captain Vegas, please. Vegas? Um, do we still hold that supply of German documents? Uh, yes, those that I dealt with the other day, the uh, batch from Breda. Hmm. But I'd like to have another look at the German notebooks, the intelligence notebooks. Yes. I'll send them right away. While I waited, I studied the anonymous note again. And I was sure that there was more in it than the writer expected me to know. The notebook, sir. And Captain Lagos will look after some others. No, no, uh, this will do. And Mr. Sanders has come to see you, sir. Oh, I'll send it in. Sanders, please. Is that all, sir? Uh, yes, thank you. Come in, Mr. Sanders. Thank you. Please sit down. Thank you. Ah, I won't keep you any longer than is necessary, but um, there are certain formalities. See that? Thank you. Uh, as you can imagine, there are going to be many trials for war crimes and we must try to get all the information we can. Our concern at the moment is one Major Huffman, an officer of the SS who was billeted at your home. I'm told that he was an officer from the Eastern Front where he was wounded and was here for a period of convalescence. Yes. As I understand it, you have no complaint about his behavior at your home. I have no complaint. Well, would you like to testify that he spoke for you at your trial? Do I have to do all this? No, no. I've written down what I thought you might say. Um, tell me if you want anything altered. We need only a test to its accuracy. Well, shall I read it? Yes. <clears throat> um, I. You'll then write your name. Mm -hmm. I, um, Sanders, of. Uh, and you'll then write your full address. Do hereby declare that this statement, made by me on the 14th day of June 1945, is a voluntary statement and made entirely of my own free will. Uh -huh. We must start like this, uh, so that if it's produced in court, the defense can't claim that it was made under duress. Mm -hmm. Ah. From shortly after the time when Holland was occupied by the German forces until I was arrested on November the 3rd, 1943, various German officers were billeted at my home. I understand that the Court of Inquiry is primarily interested in one Major Hauptmann. Mm -hmm. I cannot recall the names of any other German officers, but wish to state that no German officer billeted at my home ever behaved incorrectly to myself or to my wife. Is that correct? Yes, to the best of my knowledge. Mm. The statement goes on. Major Hauptmann was the German officer billeted on me at the time of my arrest. I do further state that at this time, I knew him to be a member of the German intelligence service. Why, you... Please sit down. And his helpful and friendly attitude towards me saved me from an earlier arrest when I was working for the resistance and persuaded me to work for him in the German corps. I didn't say that. Listen. My arrest on November the 3rd was arranged by him so that... I didn't say a word of that. No. But you can't deny it. Can you? No, of course I deny it. What is this? You made that up. You wrote that yourself. Did I? Or did I find it in this German notebook? You're trying a trick. You read German. Yes, let me see it. Why are you so anxious? Why are you so upset? There's nothing in that about me. Maybe Maybe not. But you've told me all I need to know. Now, be quiet and let's talk about Major Huffman. He arrived at your house. 
He's supposed to be convalescent. He stays for a year. That's a long time to be convalescent. <laughs> I know nothing about that. I wasn't here. All right, let's come from another angle. You are in the resistance. You're passing on valuable information which can only be obtained in your printing shop. Well, that is true. That's yeah. a very courageous thing to do. But it's only a matter of time before the Germans narrow down the source of this leak. They narrow it to you. And an arrangement is made. <laughs> it's been done before. The Gestapo are good at making arrangements. It's part of this arrangement that a major Hauptmann is billeted on you. For the first time, you have to be friendly with a German. You have to go to his room to talk things over with him. You tell your wife that you're pretending. You make her take gifts from him. And when the arrangement has been made, when your new job is arranged, there's a fake arrest. I was arrested and sent to prison. You can ask my wife. No, no, she was taken in by it. She's trying to protect you. She believes she saved your life. But when you came back to Holland, you were surprised to learn from your wife that Hauptmann had spoken up so bravely for you at your trial. You were surprised because there wasn't any trial. I was arrested as a member of the resistance and tried as an enemy of the Reich. And an SS officer spoke up and saved your life. Why? You can't answer that. Because that was only his story to your wife. Why? Why should he tell her that? Why should he tell her that when you know that there never was a trial? We have all the captured documents for this area, and you were never tried. You can't prove that. Just because you can't find the papers. All right, now let's talk about the money. The money you didn't tell the mayor about. In the retreat, the Germans were short of trucks and they were short of petrol. So they had to leave a lot of valuable equipment behind. They could take only what was essential, only what they had trucks for. Are you telling me that they loaded some of them with worthless paper money to take back to Germany? Dutch money? What use was it to them? It was no use to them. And it wasn't in a military convoy, bombed or unbombed. Where did you get it? I stole it from the German trucks. And I don't believe you. I have some sympathy for you. You worked for the resistance and you were then forced to work for the Germans. There was a job they forced you to do. I don't yet know what that job was. But this was the payment for it. And you weren't going to give it up. The Dutch people will never believe this. Why not? Because every occupied town must have a resistance hero. In this town, I am the hero. They need me. And this, this is their proof. Your scars? Yes! They're not even real. I saw that this morning. I've seen too many hands and faces scarred by the Gestapo to be taken in by that. How did you fake it? Acid? They won't believe you. They daren't. They'd sooner shoot you than me. Not when they hear the story. The arrival of this unattached SS officer, Hauptmann. Your friendship with him. Talking to him in his room at night. The improbable manner of your arrest. No record of your trial. And your return after the war with fake scars, a great deal of money... And a convenient loss of memory. They won't believe that. You've no proof of what you're saying. But they know me. And they'll believe my story. Do they? Supposing I find Hauptmann and bring him here. He'll want to clear himself. He'll tell the truth. Hauptmann, SS, <laughs> butchers, born liars, haters of the Dutch. If you bring him here, they'll hang him. Will you sign this statement? No. And without it, you can do nothing. Your story is thin. Mine is strong. No one will believe you. One person will believe me. Your wife. Why did you try to denounce her? 
This note was written by someone in the printing or the publishing trade. The thick pencil, the capital letters, and the little circle around the full stop. That's a printer's sign. This is how printers write. When I showed it to your wife, she recognized it. And why did you write this? She believed in you. She was trying to help you. Can't you trust anyone now? Must you even inform on your own wife like this? Pity your wife told you that your friend, husband, said that you'd spoken at your trial and saved your life. You knew there was no trial. You wondered why he said it. And you wanted me to find out for you. I've not yet finished with you, Sanders. But you can go home. See if you're still a hero to your wife. Sanders was right. The examining magistrate refused my evidence. Sanders' reputation as a hero was too strong in the town. But what really caused him to write the note that almost trapped him? Something he knew, or a traitor's conscience building its own little hell? Well, it happened. been listening to Spycatcher, with Bernard Archard as Colonel Oreste Pinter. The script was written by Robert Barr, and the program produced for the BBC by Charles Mackinson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.